Hey guys, David, the healthness coach here, yet again with another episode. Today's episode is going to be directed on what is my take on happiness. This is strictly my opinion on what I believe happiness to be. So take this with a grain of salt. I'm not a psychologist. This information will be based off of my own experience, um, as well as the experience I have helping my clients through certain things. So I felt that this information was very important to be able to share with other people so that everyone can benefit from knowing some of this. So if this doesn't work for you, then just throw this in the trash. Um, <laughs> but if you find value in what I'm saying, uh, then I'm hoping that it will put you in a position where you'll start to feel happier if you've hit a wall in life where you're not feeling uh, tremendously happy. Uh, but before I delve into that, I am running a fitness program called the Primal Power Program. This is dedicated to anyone who has a hard time when it comes to exercising, eating well, and finding happiness in doing that. So what I do is I find a situation that allows you to be capable of sticking with that long term and I put you in a position where you start to feel better with the movements that you need to do in order to get to a specific goal. So this does not only help you from an aesthetical standpoint, but it also helps you from a psychological standpoint, a mental standpoint. And it's always amazing for me to see the mental shift throughout the month of this program, right? So this program is for a month and it is one-on-one -on -one training. If you'd like to know more information about this amazing program that I've been running since the quarantine ended, uh, feel free to hit me up on Instagram, healthness4cnd, or via email, healthness469 at gmail.com. So the first point that I wanted to make when it comes to happiness, on my take on happiness, is to focus on where your thoughts on happiness lie. What does happiness mean to you? What makes you happy? What is your perception of happiness? I'll tell you now that if it's based on anything that you don't have in your life right now, that's going to put you in a position of depression, right? So what do I mean by what you don't have? I mean, let's say you're not married and you really want to be married or you're older and you feel like you should have been married. That's going to put you in a position where you're going to feel like there's something tangible that you should have had that you don't have now, right? That's probably not the best way to look at it. The other side of that coin is thinking about the things that you want to have that just never seem to come. That creates anxiety, right? So are your attention when it comes to happiness based on what you don't have that's tangible or what you hope to have that you feel you'll never get? If you focus on that, that puts you in a state of mind where it's very difficult to feel happy. In my opinion... It would be best to focus on what you're doing that makes you happy. What are you doing in the present that makes you happy? What are you doing today that makes you happy? So the number one thing is, you know, a lot of people ask me when it comes to fitness and health, what's going to make me happy is if I lose 50 pounds. So... How do we, what do we need to do in order to lose 50 pounds? My reaction is, okay, I get that you want to lose 50 pounds and that's a, an important goal for you. The reality is, is that should not be the main focus. It's almost like working to eventually be in a position where you're happy or you thought about it at home for a little bit and you're like, man, I wish I was 50 pounds lighter. I should have been 50 pounds lighter. What am I doing? Right? What we should be doing is focusing on what 
we can enjoy, what decisions we can make in the present that make us happy, that eventually put us into a position of happiness. So the wrong way or kind of like an example of, I would say, the wrong way of going about it, again, we'll use a financial uh, position on this. So if let's say you work, you know, a nine to five job that you hate, okay, you went to university to get this job and you hate this job, or even if you own a business that, I don't know, was carried down from your family and you're just running it and you hate it. Does it make sense to work five, six days out of the week, right? To eventually get into a position that makes you happy. Example, you're working all this time just to go on a vacation. How many vacations are you going to take in a year to be happy? Most people, I would say, you know, one or two times on average. So are you going to spend 90% of your year being unhappy just to have 10% of happiness? Right? Because you go to a job you hate every day. That to me doesn't make any sense, right? It's not living. That's not being happy. Because what you're looking at is the thing to make you happy. And you're forcing yourself to do something you hate in order to attain what you think is going to be happiness. Now, on the seventh day of that, let's say, vacation, right? So let's say there's, you know, 365 days in a year, 14 days out of the year. So you take two seven-day vacations. On the, on the seventh day... You're going to hate that day because it's like you went on a vacation, you're happy, and then you're like, oh gosh, I got to come back to what I hate. That puts you in a position where you can be very upset about your life because 90% of your year is spent doing something that you hate. Once again, I feel like if you are taking the vacation once or twice a year, but you're working a job that you enjoy that makes you the money that you're capable of spending uh, on that vacation, it'll be a lot more gratifying to you. It'll be a lot more, you'll feel happier because 90% of the time you'll be okay to happy and then 10% of the time you're like, you know, nine or 10 out of 10 happy, uh, having nine, uh, nine or 10 out of 10 happiness. That's, the position that you want to be on. So you want to redirect where you think happiness is, right? Your perspective on what happiness is. It's not the thing. It's not having the thing. It's not having the six pack or it's not having the job. It's not having the paycheck. It's not having the marriage, the relationship. It's what you do every single day to attain those things. If you can find happiness in doing what is necessary to get and attain those things, you'll find yourself in a position of being happier. One of the things that kind of put pressure on reaching a goal is having a time frame. You know, you want to look at the decisions that you make today. You know, if you have a time frame to lose 50 pounds, you're going to do whatever you have to do in order to lose 50 pounds. And th- that to me is, is is putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Maybe a doctor can meet with you and say, look, listen, you need to lose this 50 pounds. Otherwise, it could be very detriment to your health and you need to lose this as quickly as possible. But the reality is, is you're going to need to make steps in order to do that and be effective in doing it and being safe in doing that. Right. If you force yourself to do things you hate every day just to lose that 50 pounds, think about the psychological strain that it puts on you. If you if you do it for, you know, if you hate it and then you do it for two weeks and then you stop, you won't lose the 50 pounds. If you do manage to lose the 50 pounds with the thing you hate and that you're like, oh, gosh, I just became like accustomed to it. When you get there, think about the psychological strain that puts on you. Because now it's like you spent so much time doing something you hate over and over just to achieve that goal of losing 50 pounds. Sure, it might make you feel content that maybe you're no longer in a detriment position. Or sure, it might make you feel happy at 
for a, for a time, for a small time frame, just that you lost the 50 pounds and you look better. Maybe you feel a little better. But you'll get used to that feeling very quick. And then you're like, oh gosh, like now there's another goal that I want to attain. And now I'm working towards trying to achieve something else. And I'm going to be doing a ton of stuff that I hate just to get that small piece of happiness that I had when I initially lost the 50 pounds. Because you, like I said, it, 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 you know, a lot of people that I see um, in a position where they are depressed or anxious, usually I would say, in my opinion, it comes from something like that, right? Because they're, they're so anxious based on what they need to do tomorrow that they hate to get to a goal, or they're so depressed over the fact that it just seems like no matter what they start, it's like they can't, they can't finish it because they hate it. And that's where kind of like the psychology of like the mental breakdown, I say, comes, right? Because if you see certain people that you would think are successful, like there's times where you're looking at, you know, on, on TV or on YouTube, on the internet, and, you, and you're like, how is this person having a mental breakdown when they have access to resources that can help them? What's going on? I would say most of the time it's because they're pushing themselves to do something they hate to get something they think that's going to make them happy long term. And that's just not the reality. This can be applied to anything else. It could be applied to, you know, buying a, a car or a house. You know, you're going to buy the house. You're going to get the house and you're going to be happy. You're going to buy the car. You're going to be happy for a time. And then it's, you just become used to that. It no longer gives you the same excitement that you used to have. So... In a nutshell, having a time frame to reach a goal that you think is going to make you happy long term, probably not the best approach. Yet again, it's really about finding the thing that brings you happiness every day in order to be capable of attaining some form of that small fragmented happiness that comes with purchasing that car. You can control the direction, but not the outcome of a situation. If you believe in your mind that you can control the outcome when that outcome happens, when something you want happens, just because you're doing things every day, you're going to be disappointed. And it's going to derail you from being consistent. You can only control the direction. I can't control how much financial success I have. I can only control what I do with my time in the present in order to attain that financial success. Same with my fitness and health. I may be very fit and healthy. You know, I could deadlift 405. But that still does not dictate it doesn't it doesn't dictate to anyone that I'm that I decided exactly when I was going to lift 405. I had to just do things over a long period of time to be capable of doing that effectively and executing that movement effectively. So it's really about being happy with the things that you're doing. If, if those things, if, if doing what you need to in order to get to a goal doesn't make you happy, don't do it. Or find a way that will work for you because there's millions of ways to get to one to one thing, right? There's millions of ways to get to, to, to a goal. There's million and one ways to be able to get there more effectively for your circumstances, right? Don't focus on the time. Focus on what you're doing today and the decisions that you make today that make you happy. So once again, you cannot control the outcome. You can't control the time. But you can control the direction. Make the direction your happiness. I have a goal when it comes to my health and fitness. Um, probably not health uh, because <laughs> it's the, lifting 500 pounds is not healthy. Um, but I have a goal to be capable of deadlifting 500 pounds. That's my goal. But the reality is, is I love working out. I love training. I love strength training. I love dancing and I love martial arts. So when I go into the gym to work out, 
I'm having a good time doing that. It's hard, I'm sweating, but I'm enjoying myself. The night before I'm going to hit a PR, the next day, I'm excited to go to the gym. This excites me. It gives me fulfillment. So when it comes to my aesthetics, like I don't even really notice it, right? Like I just, I'm working towards what I enjoy every single day. And then one day I kind of pass a mirror and I'm like, who is that guy? Right? That's happiness to me. Yet again, finding happiness in the direction. This can be applied to anything else. Yet again, you can apply it to a relationship. If your end goal is to be married and you find someone that doesn't bring you happiness every day, sure, you can get married to them, so that's the end goal, but are you happy? You wake up every morning and you're like, goodness, I, why the hell is this person sleeping next to me? Like, go away, right? Or they say something that <laughs> annoys you every day. And now you put yourself in a position where you attain the thing and it was good for a moment because you're like, yay, wedding. And then you hated the rest of your life. It just, it doesn't make sense, Right? So try once again to find a way that gets you to a specific goal, but also brings you happiness while doing it. All right, on to the next point. So the next point of being happy. Understand the difference between present happiness and long-term happiness. So there's a difference. So let's start with present happiness. Present happiness, I'll give you one example, could be um, drinking alcohol. Another example of this could be watching TV, watching a movie. It could also be playing video games. It could be going to a club or a party. Um, That's present happiness. Okay. Then there's long-term happiness. This is, once again... That's your direction. Long-term happiness is being happy with the direction that you're going, the things that you're doing every day to get you to a goal. The problem is that most people look at present happiness as the thing that should give them ultimate happiness. So yet again, looking at a car or a house as happiness when it only makes you happy temporarily. Looking at alcohol, you know, some will say, oh, well, it's the escape that I need. No, it's not the escape that you need. It's something that you want to do because that makes you happy. There's no long-term benefit to it. And it's just something that you're doing in the present to give yourself present happiness. My advice when it comes to things that bring you present happiness is to figure out a, an amount of time, okay, that you can dedicate in a year, in a week, in a month to things that bring you present happiness. Because I do admit, you know, if you're delving into responsibility, even if you enjoy it, there are certain times that there could be stressors that come from them. And sometimes a present happiness thing can bring you that present, you know, that happiness at the moment and kind of disconnect you for a second and allow you to kind of rejuvenate yourself, right? The problem, yet again, is most people do this too often. They spend most of their time paying attention to the present happiness thing, hoping to get happiness from it. This can be applied to anything, right? It could be applied to um, friendships. If you have a friend that anytime you're hanging out with them, The only thing that you guys do together is things that bring you present happiness. So he takes you to a club. Conversations he has is about um, uh, what he's doing with his friends that are fun or doing with other people that are fun. Maybe empty relationships with other people. Having conversations that don't really bring any sort of productivity to your life or that person's life either. You need to figure out a percentage of time 
that works for you in a week, in a day, in a month, in a year to allocate towards things that only bring you present happiness. If you spend most of your money on things that bring you present happiness, you might find yourself in a very particular financial situation, no matter how much money you're making. I don't care if you're making you know, $100,000 a year, $10 million a year. If you are in a position where you are spending way too much money on things that bring you present happiness, you're going to put yourself in a very particular position long term. So yet again, understanding where is how, how often am I spending with things that only bring me present happiness? Because you can, you can only go one of two ways with life. It's either you have very small pockets of happiness here and there. So, you know, looking forward to the weekend with the guys or the girls. You know, having like the, the, the wedding day. Or get it, finally getting approved for the position that you want at a job. That's little pockets of happiness that you wanted a job, meaning a job that you, you know, worked hard to get, even though it's something you're going to hate. That's pockets of happiness. Pockets of happiness, you know, uh, doing drugs and like going partying. Pockets of happiness. Maybe that brings you happiness. Me personally, it doesn't do anything for me. And I'm sure maybe there's people out there that can relate. But yet again, pockets of happiness vacations, pockets of happiness, or you can find the ultimate happiness. Only you can decide what's more important. If you have things in your life too frequently that are only bringing present happiness and you're unhappy, you need to ask yourself, maybe I need to change my perspective. Maybe I need to do something different. So an example of how I use pockets of happiness and still feel happy is that I use what is called a 15% rule. I use a 15% rule for everything, everything that I do. So there's a 15% rule with my finance. There's a 15% rule with my time. 15% rule with my friends, okay? So 15% of my finance go straight to things that give me present happiness, like buying a video game. Because I love video games. I'm a big kid. 15% of my time is spent having a mindless conversation with a friend. Maybe like we're talking about some crazy story that happened with him. Maybe we just, you know, go hang out somewhere for 15% of my time. Let's say 15% of my um, uh, like 15% of my day is spent watching like a YouTube video that is completely mindless. My mindless YouTube videos are sometimes watching um, OE Fitness. He kind of posts uh, videos of, of people doing hilarious stuff in the gym. Uh, and that just makes me laugh. It doesn't do anything for me long term. It just kind of disconnects me for the time being and kind of gives me a chuckle. I spend 15% of my time doing that. If I have a friend that only ever wants to do things that bring present happiness, that friend gets placed in the 15% category. I have some friends that 85% of the time, it's very productive. Our friendship, our bond is connected on a very strong fundamental basis, right? So things that bring long-term happiness, like things that are very serious and important, things maybe allocated to my own life, family, um, things like my business, uh, my mental state, what I do on a day-to-day basis. These are the connections that I have with people. They're very strong and bonded because these are the people that when I start doing things in a way that brings me only present happiness too often, they'll bounce me back to that 85%, right? So 
one yet again, finding a system for you. 15% works for me. It works for where I need to be in life, right? If I allocate 15% of my year, that gives me 54 days, approximately 54 days in a year to be able to do mindless stuff, right? Including vacations and whatever else. That gives me that. If I'm not making the income that I need to in order to enjoy 15% of my income, then I need to figure out another way on how I'm going to be more productive in the lifestyle that I have. That's just my life, my my standard, right? If you work at a job that you love that's not producing uh, that much money, then you have to kind of outweigh the balance of where is my present happiness based on the job that I'm I'm working, right? But for the most part, people tend to excel far better and far faster in the things that they love anyway. That will always produce more value and produce more funding in the long run. But it's certainly important to make sure that you have some sort of system that will track exactly how much time you're spending with things that bring you only present happiness. Listen to the music that you listen to. If you're listening to music that motivates you to be a better version of yourself every day, more often than not, you will tend to track in a better position, right? For me personally, it's gospel music or movie music, video game music, because I'm, like I said, a big kid, and I'll probably listen to that while I'm working out. It just gives me a little bit more of an edge. But if you're listening to music that sets your mind on things you know, like you're listening to like some hip hop music that's talking about, you know, money and having vacations and a big boat, then yet again, you're putting yourself in a position where it's, and you're listening to that too often, you're putting yourself in a position of always thinking about those things that only have present value, doesn't have long-term happiness value, because there's no life that exists unless you win the lottery. And even then, I'm not quite sure, but there's no life that exists where you can simply have so much resources and money and all this other stuff where you're just sitting down doing absolutely nothing. And even then, you probably might feel empty because you won't find your purpose, which is another point that I'll make uh, later on in this podcast. So it's super important to find out the frequency in which you are allocating things that give you long-term happiness and things that give you only that present happiness for a short time. The next point is focus on your value system. I believe that a good judge of character, if I'm looking from the outside in, I'm gonna di- dictate who you are based on what you value, right? How much value do you place in certain things? You have to understand that you're always going to attract what you value. Your life is going to be dictated based on what you value, okay? So I'm going to use an example. Let's say you're a single girl looking for a spouse. And this type of spouse that you're looking for is a good individual that, you know, values you for who you are. If, let's say, you exercise and your sole purpose of exercising and, and being healthy is based on aesthetics... You don't like the way you look. You're unhappy with the way that you look to the point that you're doing things that you hate just to get some aesthetic goal because you're just like, or maybe you don't exercise for the aesthetic. Maybe you go and get plastic surgery or you go and you get like, uh, you know, you do some sort of illegal drug or something like that to try to change your appearance. You have to understand that you're placing value, a ton of value in the way that you look. If you don't love the way that you look and love yourself for who you for how you appear, you have to understand also that you are placing a ton of value in your look. So if you find a spouse, right, whether you reach that goal of what you want to look like or not, you're more than likely going to find someone that's going to value you based on what you look like because that's what you value you know you're putting on the fake hair and the eyebrows so often because that's what you value in yourself that's what puts you in a position to feel good about who you are that you are more than likely going to find someone that is going to value you for the way that you look now let's flip that 
Imagine if you love working out, you love taking care of yourself, you found a way to find happiness in doing exercises. You found a way to find happiness in eating the things that you need to in order to achieve a certain aesthetic result. You just love waking up every morning and doing exercises. You love eating well. You, you love taking care of your mental health. You sleep well because that's just the lifestyle that you, you enjoy. And it just so happens that it brings about aesthetical benefits that in the direction that you're trying to, to hit. Then when you do find a spouse and a partner, guess what? They're more than likely going to value you for what you do versus what you look like. They're not really going to care about what you look like. They're going to care more about the fact that you enjoy exercising. You enjoy taking care of yourself. You're going to have a very strong connection with that individual. That individual might be A, attracted to you because you know, if we're using just the exercise or taking care of yourself as an example, he might be attracted to you because he wants to better himself or maybe he's already doing those things already and you guys connect with it. He's trying to exercise as well because he hasn't in a long time and he's like, wow, I found somebody that actually takes care of themselves and that's what I value in her. Or maybe he already does it and that's how you guys connected together. Right? So look at where your value system is. We'll try to flip this on a, a, a guy's perspective because I just use a girl's exp- uh, perspective. So let's say if you're a guy and you're looking for a spouse that cares for you for who you are, right? But your value system is based on, oh my goodness, like I need to have a ton of money. Like I value money. I value, you know, um, wanting to get and achieve like success financially where I could just buy a girl anything she wants. Or maybe you've already reached there. And you know, your conversations with people are consistently about your boat, your plane, your condos, your car, and that's all you're projecting because you have so much value placed in what you have. Guess what, my friend? You're more than likely going to find a spouse that is going to like you or only care for you based on what you have because you value so much those things. That's what you're going to project into the world. And guess what? You are going to find someone that's going to value the same thing that you value. And then you're going to come back like, oh, gosh, like this girl only likes me because like, I have, I have money and I spend money on her. Yes, because you place so much value in the things that you have. Now let's flip that. Let's say you found your purpose. You found your purpose as an individual and you are happy providing a service that helps other people. You're making a difference in the world. And that just so happens to bring about an abundance of financial cash flow. Now you're in a position where like a Louis bag, a $5,000 Louis bag is like $500 to you, right? You're going to have those things and it's like, okay, I have them, but I don't really value those things. I value what I do every day to help people. You're more than likely going to find a spouse, okay, that is going to value you based on what you do every day. She's going to care about who you are, what you believe in, what makes you happy. Because what makes you happy is doing the thing that gets you the financial success, but you, you're not really looking at that. You're looking at like what you provide every day and that brings you happiness. That's what you value. So when you're conversations, when you're having conversations with people, guess what kind of conversations you're having? They'll just see the car. They'll just see the boat. But more than likely, your conversations are going to be based on what you're doing for people and how happy that makes you. And that's what you're projecting into the world. And that's what's, what people are going to value you for. That's what a spouse is going to value you for more than likely. So it's super important to take a look at your value system, where you place your value, what you value most, and how you perceive your, your value system. Once again, it kind of goes back to, you know, that direction. 
you got to enjoy the direction. If you enjoy the direction, that's going to be part of who you are because you can control that. You can control your direction in the present. You can't control what you have or what you get or what you don't have. You can't control that. You can always control the direction. So place value in your decisions that create direction on a day-to-day basis. Your value system might put you in a position, right? If you have a value system that is based on not what you do, but what you have or what you're going to get or what you don't have, you're going to find yourself very confused about the people that you have around you, the circle that you have around you, the friends that you have around you. You're going to find yourself very confused, right? Because if you, let's say, place a ton of value in drinking alcohol and you have an alcohol problem, you're not going to realize it, number one, because guess what? Your value is in the alcohol, so you might be hanging around people that only drink alcohol. Are they going to come and tell you like, hey, like you're probably drinking too much and you're hurting yourself, right? If you're drinking too frequently, too, too often. Or what they will do is if you're down, something's happening to you, guess what? They're bringing a bottle of Hennessy, right? And you're going to consider that a good friend. You're going to be like, this is my good friend. This friend makes me happy because they're bringing me the thing that makes me happy. Guess what? If you're an alcoholic and they're bringing you alcohol, they're essentially not doing anything good for you. That's not a friend. You're confused. You think that's a friend. Let's use a a relationship standpoint. If you find a, you want a relationship so bad, right? Like, oh yeah, I just, I want the relationship so bad. Anyone can come to you and tell you anything. That sounds really nice. Could be the worst person for you out there. Can say something really nice to you. And you're going to value what they're saying because of what you feel you can get from them in terms of a relationship. And then you find yourself with the wrong person. And you're confused about why you ended up with someone that either behaves the way they do or does things the way that they do it. Because you're not valuing yourself enough in the things that you do you're valuing the thing so that's what you're going to end up with and more often than not people end up unhappy with what they end up with because they're valuing the thing so yet again it's so important it's so important to to take a look at your value system and ask yourself am i projecting into the world the wrong thing that i'm looking for now if you're i mean once again, if this, this might not work for you, if you're the person that doesn't really care, you're happy and you know, your value system is placed in those things and that makes you happy and like you're happy in the present and that's all good and dandy. I, I've never met anyone like that, but I'm pretty sure that the majority of people that I'm speaking to on this podcast want to have long-term happiness and have happiness more often than not. So it's super important to take a look at what you value in your life so that you're not confused when someone comes to you in life, when you find friends or when you find a spouse or when you find like people around you. You're not confused like, why would I be friends with this person, right? Look at your value system and ask yourself, what do I value? I'll do another podcast on my take on relationships and, and, and how you can get good relationships based on my take. But I think it's so important that people understand this because I hear it too often. You know, I hear, I have, I have friends or I have clients that come and talk to me about their relationships and they're confused about why someone would make a specific decision. And then when you find out what that person, that individual that you're talking to values, then you're like, well, you have to understand what you're attracting based on what you value. So yet again, super important. Figure out what you value. And if you're a person that wants long-term happiness, my suggestion, value things 
that are based on direction and not outcome. The next point, accepting failures and obstacles. You got to accept that there is nothing that you can do that will put you in a position where you will never have obstacles or failure. That That is, there's no such thing. There's no reality. I mean, maybe if you lock yourself up somewhere and you don't interact with people and you're like maybe and you're rich, maybe you just isolate yourself on an island, that probably could be realistic. But the reality is, is there are going to be obstacles and there are going to be failures, whether they're your own failures and obstacles or obstacles that just come out of nowhere from other people or other things. And you need to accept that this is going to happen, right? If you don't accept it, then you put yourself in a position of anxiety because you're living each and every day trying to prepare for the worst. You have to believe in yourself and believe that you have the strength to overcome anything that can come your way. You have to build confidence in yourself. And building confidence is, once again, controlling the direction. It always goes back to the same thing. If you are controlling the direction of your life, when an obstacle comes, the only thing that's going to derail you is time. Because it's like, oh, like, you know, I was headed to Toronto, but then the car broke down. Okay, the car broke down. Does that mean that you still can't get to Toronto? It just means that it might take a little bit more time to get there. Right? That's all it means. You need to have faith in yourself. People always hope, oh, I hope nothing bad happens. I hope nothing bad happens. Things are going to happen that you don't want to happen. You need to accept that. And you need to focus on yourself in developing your mental capabilities to accept that you can get through anything. Think about the things that you've been through before, right? I'm sure there's people out there that would look at whatever you've been through and say, wow, that, that I would not want to go through that. I don't know how I would get out of that. And you've made it past that situation. So that's a declaration of your ability to overcome things. You're an overcomer. So you need to accept that things are going to happen. You need to live every single day in what you can control. Because if you focus too much on things that you can't, it's going to drive you crazy. And typically that's what I believe depression to be. Depression is essentially thinking about things you can't change that happened before. About either your own actions or someone else's actions. You, you, you can't figure out that information. There's no why it happened. So you need to... If you can learn something from it that can prevent the same thing from happening to you again, that's fine. But the reality is, is that no matter how prepared you are, something can still happen to you that you don't want to happen. And you need to find a way to figure out where you can get your own personal source of security. For me personally, it's my faith in God. Right? I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. I believe that there is a higher power. And I believe that I would not be put through anything that I can't overcome. When I pray, I, I don't pray, please don't bring evil towards me or bad things. Or something bad might have happened to me because um, I might have done something that I shouldn't have. Or... You know, something will happen to me because I'm being tested or no, no, not at all. I enjoy obstacles because and failures because it teaches me something about myself. And it teaches me, I always say, I always say to friends and family around me, it's like, you know, life will tell you when you're doing the wrong thing, right? There's nothing you can do in life where there won't be a failure or an obstacle that will come. It'll tell you automatically right? And then all you know to do is to just prepare yourself in the best way possible for that thing not to happen. And sometimes things even happen that are not within your control. But you need to understand that it's not just about there being a reason why. It's that you need that contraction in order to overcome and to know exactly how to overcome certain things. If nothing ever happened to you, then you would never know how to 
get out of a situation, right? And it's the mental toughness side of it as well. Because if nothing ever happened to you, you would not be strong enough to help other people. You may not know it, but something might happen to you tomorrow that maybe isn't in, within your control, that you'll learn something in that position or that obstacle or that failure that you can relate to someone else that will help someone else through the same thing or similar thing that you've been through that that person's going through. So you never know the reason, but then also you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're trying to consistently find that reason. All you need to do is focus on what can I learn in this situation that will make me a better person or a better version of myself than I was the time before. And that's all it is, is progress. Because I don't know a single person on this planet that no matter what position they are in life, have no obstacles or failures to overcome. You're always going to have them. So invite them. Enjoy obstacles. Enjoy things coming your way. Enjoy when you're doing a squat or you're sitting down and standing up. It's hard every time to do it. Enjoy that because as you do it over and over again, you learn from it. You learn how to do it better. And you're capable of overcoming it the next time you do it. The other thing that I wanted to mention on this specific point might be off track just a little bit um, is never take on a responsibility that is based on short-term happiness or present happiness. What do I mean by that? If you're not happy with fulfilling your purpose, you haven't found something that you enjoy doing every single day, don't take on the responsibility of, you know, let's say like if we use an example of like a financial um, uh, kind of situation. If you go and you buy a house because now you can afford it because you're working at a job you hate that just brings you a tremendous amount of money. You go to work every day, you hate it. And it's like, okay, well, I make uh, whatever, $300,000 a year at this place that I hate going to. And because you have the extra funds, you're like, you know what? I'm going to go buy a house. I suggest don't do that because now it's like you've taken on a responsibility that's forcing you to stay in that place that you don't want to be in, right? If we put this to a smaller scale, you know, if you're making like 50, 60, $70,000 a year and then you go and you, you know, you buy a car that's like, you know, I don't know, like a $30,000 car or something like that, when you could have went and got a $14,000 car, ask yourself, like, am I in a position where I'm taking on this car, this car payment every month? Sure, I like the car. But do I like what I do every day to be able to afford this car? If you need a car, and you're not happy where you're at, then maybe you should go for the cheaper option until you're you are happy and satisfied with what you do every day. That brings you the amount of money that you could purchase something a little bit more expensive that you actually want because you can purchase the car and yet again it puts yourself in the position of i'm getting that thing that's going to make me happy so i mean you're going to spend 8 10 12 hours at a job you hate to come outside to a car that you're no longer excited about anymore right or the house that you purchased that now you're stuck at that job i suggest don't do that you know especially if like you know, you're relying on like a spouse, right? If you if you make sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year and your spouse makes also sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, you guys go and purchase a house, you hate your job, right? He's like, ah, oh, whatever. And then now you guys are tied to this responsibility for a very long time. He leaves or she leaves, and now guess what? With your sixty, seventy thousand dollar salary, you're gonna have to work extra hours at the place you hate. Now your life is hell. Spending seven days a week at a job, making the money, making making not that much money to like spend your time doing something you hate. I always say it. I would prefer, I'm jumping from point to point, but I would prefer that I worked at a job that I loved making $30 an hour than working at a job that I hate making $100 an hour. It doesn't make sense because that time you can't get back. So you're going to sacrifice your time 
you know, just to be able to go and purchase a responsibility. A kid is a responsibility. Be very cautious with that. You know, kids are very costly. I love I, I love my son, right? Kids are very costly. So you want to ask yourself, am I taking on responsibilities in a position in life that I'm not feeling like I'm fulfilling my purpose? Okay, fulfill your purpose first. And then whatever funds you get fulfilling your purpose that makes you happy, then you can go ahead and get things that you're responsible for that give you present happiness, not long-term happiness, and you'll feel happier doing that. You can't find your purpose if you're consistently looking at things that you want to get from life. If you're always paying attention to like what I really want from life is to um, buy a nice car. What I really want from life is to wear a big chain and expensive clothes. What I really want from life is to have a six pack. What I really want from life is vacations. That's what I and travel all the time. Like that's what I really want. If you're doing that all the time, it's going to be near damn impossible to find your purpose. If you redirect your focus most of the time, on what you can offer to other people that is of value, what you enjoy doing every day, right? That you can like spend hours doing and it doesn't annoy you and it makes you happy. You can spend hours doing research on and learning about because it doesn't annoy you. It doesn't, doesn't make you feel like, ah, I don't want to do this. Like you could look at the time, it's one o'clock in the afternoon and you, you look at the time doing the thing you love and it's like, you know, three o'clock in the morning and you're like, oh my gosh, like how did all this time pass? And I didn't even realize it. That's what you want to do. You want to pay attention to what you're, you know, what, like I said, with the value system, it's the same thing. It's what are you valuing, right? What do you want from life? If you want to find your purpose, if you hate the job that you're working at and you can't find like, what do I actually like? The reason why you'll, you you know, in my experience, you'll have a hard time figuring out what you like is because you're trying to correlate what you like with making money. Because yet again, you're valuing like, you know, the things that you'll get instead of valuing what you actually do, valuing the direction. So if you haven't found your purpose, if you're not working and you really want to find a job that you enjoy or you're looking for a course to do in school, you know, it's not good enough to just say, I'm just going to go to school to do anything. You got to find a, a, a practice that you're going to love doing, right? Whether that's like you're a carpenter or you like, you know, computers, that's what you enjoy, whatever, fixing computers, building software, whatever it is, being a personal trainer, Right? You won't discover that if you don't know what brings you happiness, number one, and then two, what brings value to other people that you enjoy. I would say that as a species, as humans, we enjoy, there's something gratifying about giving something to someone that's valuable. Like we enjoy doing that. Like sometimes when I'm having like a very bad day, like I go out and I help somebody, I help a friend, I do something for someone. You know, I, I, I would love uh, in the Ottawa region to be capable of doing some sort of volunteer work because it, it just makes me feel so good to help somebody, to do something for someone if I'm having a bad day, right? When I help like a friend through something or when I help my clients, I feel happy because I, I'm fulfilling my purpose every day, which is helping people become healthier and lead a healthier lifestyle. That's my purpose. And the gratification that comes from it is not the funds that I make from it. It's, it's, it's from when I see the person's life change for the better. That makes me happy. So you need to focus on, you know, not, you, you can't focus on what you want from life. Like that comes after. You need to focus on what you can do for others. That has nothing to do, that the gratification comes from what you're doing for that person, what you're doing for other people. Instead of, I'm going to do this for someone to get this, you know, because you're looking to get stuff. It's the same uh, conversation we're having with, you know, the value system. You're trying to get stuff. You don't want to get stuff from life. You want to give stuff. And in return, things just come. And you'll be so much more satisfied, so much more happier, right? Doing stuff that you love doing for other people.
I think when it comes to my purpose, my fulfillment, just a disclaimer, I wanted to kind of mention this point. When I train people for aesthetics, specifically for aesthetics, they meet with me and they're like, I just want to look good. I want to have a six pack or I just want to look better in the mirror or on the beach, whatever that is. I feel like that's not entirely gratifying to me. I feel like it's all fine and dandy that they're getting something that they want from the thing that's good for them. But I feel like the most gratifying thing that I can ever feel is when I change someone's direction in life for the better. When I see what they take with what they learned being with me and stay where they want to be, but also progress and grow so much better than they ever thought that they could. That's so gratifying to me. Like the example I use, like with most people is imagine if I gave you $2 million. Sure. It would be interesting. You know, if you came back and you told me stories like, Hey, um, I took the $2 million, David, I bought a house. I bought a car. Look at my cottage. Like, look at all this stuff that I bought. Like, sure. That's cool. But if I gave you $2 million and you came back and you told me, David, I took the $2 million. I invested in this thing. I opened this business. I did this and it brought me $10 million. And then next year I'm making another $2 million. Like that's going to make me feel so much more happier and so much more gratified in what I'm doing. Cause I'm actually giving somebody something that lasts and something that is so good for them long-term. So like I said, like when it comes into fulfilling my purpose, like I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose in the ways that I want to have an impact on someone's life. And that's so fulfilling, so gratifying, regardless of the paycheck, regardless of, you know, how many clients I have, regardless of what, that's the most gratifying part of my job. And and, and and being able to feel completely satisfied with what I do. So that's my take or some points on what I think could bring happiness to someone that, let's say, isn't happy. It's super important that, you know, in a nutshell, that you pay attention to the things that you love doing every day, that you have outcome that you were trying to reach, but you're, you're more happy with the direction than you are the outcome. You know that that outcome is not your source of happiness because you're not chasing a dream here, right? If you, let's say, have to go work at a McDonald's in order to get you into a different position uh, in life and you hate the McDonald's, understand that that's part of your journey. If the world blew up tomorrow, you were actually doing the thing that you set out to do, even though McDonald's isn't your thing. If let's say you wanted to be a musician artist, right? And you needed to, you know, uh, allocate funds to be able to get investments or whatever the case is. Like if your starting point is working at a McDonald's, view that as your process and enjoy the fact that you're there every day to get to where it is that you want to go. It's just a time sensitive thing. Some people are in a different position where they don't have to work at the McDonald's because they have access to, you know, something else. Doesn't mean that they don't have obstacles and it's still not hard and still, you know, it's just easier for them to get. No, it's not at all. They still have the same process that they have to follow. If you love what you're doing to get to where you want to go every day, you can stay consistent with it and you'll be happy. The other thing is, you know, finding your purpose in life and asking yourself, am I happy with what with the service that I provide to people every day? If you're not happy with the service that you provide for people every day, then you need to start asking yourself, do I pay attention more in life to what I want from life? Or am I paying attention more to what value I enjoy giving to other people? Right? You need to accept that some of these points that I made it's a process, right? It's something that you need to, you can't just wake up tomorrow and be happy. It's a process. Like you have to actually sit down and say to yourself, like, 
I need to calculate what I've been doing that's putting me in a position where I'm unhappy with all of these points that I've made. And then I need to see what I can start doing tomorrow because you can start being happy tomorrow if you wanted to, right? If you said, you know, if let's say we're using my 15% rule, you said, you know what? Today, I'm going to plan my day tomorrow. I'm going to also plan my day for the week. I'm not planning my day for the week, but I'm also going to plan my week. I'm going to plan my month and I'm going to plan my year based on the outcome that I would like to have. And I'm going to plan this around things that I enjoy doing every day. So if you're like, by the end of the year, I need to lose 26 to 50 pounds by the end of the year. And you decide tomorrow, I'm just going to go take a walk. And that's going to make me happy because I love walking. I love walking my dog. I love walking with my family. I love walking, taking a walk with my friends. That's what I'm going to do. You've made that decision. That made you happy. You like swimming? Go swim. Go find a pool somewhere. Do it. The reality is that you made a decision that you can control in the present that made you happy, that actually gives you and can give you and bring you long-term happiness. It can give you the outcome that you're looking to get. If you do that, I'm telling you, you're going to feel so much better in life. You're going to feel better with the people that you have around you, right? You won't be, you'll find yourself not focusing so much on things that have already happened, a decision that you made or someone else made that you didn't like. You're going to be focused on what am I doing today? What am I doing tomorrow? That's good for me. And then looking at that 15% escape, let's say in your day where you're like, I'm just going to you do whatever thing that just brings me present happiness in that time. And then you'll start to see that your life, not your life, but your perspective on life will start to change for the better. And that's why I consider myself a successful person because I'm happy, generally happy with my surroundings, happy with my purpose, happy with myself, feel confident in myself that I can overcome obstacles, that I'm not afraid that something's going to happen, right? That's the state of mind that you want to be in. And that's where I believe true happiness lies. Yet again, it's not the thing. It's If you focus on the thing, on having something you don't have, like wanting something you don't have, I mean. If you focus on that or wanting something that you should have or, you know, like I'm depressed because like I want this thing and I can't have it. I'm anxious because I'm working so hard with the things that I hate every day just to get this thing. If you're doing that to yourself, even whether you get there or not, the psychological strain is not worth it. You got to make a decision today to be happy. And you can do it. You have the strength to do it. You have the ability to do it. Just look at what you're focusing on every day. Just look at what you're looking up, what you're thinking about every day. What am I thinking about every day? If you find yourself in a position where you need things that are not good for you, I'm suggesting that you go get help. Find someone, a credible psychologist, that can help you. If you, if you find yourself with an eating disorder, you're eating foods that are bad for you more often than you should be. Too frequently, you, you have friends, family, you know, friends, family, even like a spouse around you that are consistently telling you things that are not good for you. You, you have this like, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend that treats you bad and you feel like you need them. You need to figure out what you're missing within yourself. That's important, right? If you, if you need something that's not good for you, that's a problem. There's something that you're dealing with that you need to find a way to deal with. And I'm suggesting get help, get someone to help you through it. And I promise you then when you do get the help, you'll look at the thing that's not good for you as like, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, why, why was I looking at that thing that was not good for me as something that I wanted so bad? You need to work your way up to that. Like I said, I'm not a psychologist, but if you need help, I'm here to help. I love talking to people. I love helping people. If you need help with your health and fitness, primarily, let me know and I'll be more than happy to get you started on the Primal Power Program. 
if you if you're going through something right now that you'd like to talk to me about because my character just seems like it would mesh well with yours, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or on my email, completely confidential. And I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with you on what my thoughts would be um, or uh, what I can do to help on my end or maybe even point you in the right direction with regards to whether or not it would be a good idea for you to you know get someone that can help you through um, through that, I, I have like uh, a couple of business cards from people that are very credible um, that are psychologists. So let me know and I'll be more than happy to help with what I can. So again, if you guys need help with your health and fitness, my Instagram is healthness4cnd or my email healthness469 at gmail.com. Please reach out to me. I enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you got something from it. And I'll be looking forward to doing more segments like these in the future.